Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Church Brand Guide podcast. My name is Michael Persaud, and we are going to continue the conversation we started last week with Ryan Wakefield talking about marketing. Uh, We touched on branding last week quite a bit, and then uh, we got into the marketing side of things. Basically, we talked about how branding comes first, and then you market yourself. You get really good, and you get your good plan and strategies together. You get clear about who you are. And then you present that to your community uh, through marketing efforts. And uh, last week was a great episode. This week is full of very practical information from Ryan. And uh, we're going to get to it pretty quick. Before we do, I want to make sure I let you know that Ryan has provided a free download on our uh, blog website at churchbrandguide.com. This download is a resource where you can take a quiz. It's basically a PDF download that has a quiz. There's 20 questions on there. You answer the questions. At the end of it, it gives you a score, and then you can see how well you're doing as a church with your marketing. So uh, it's a wonderful resource. Another thing that we can do to help churches communicate your message, and Ryan's been gracious enough to provide that uh, for us. So I want to say thanks, Ryan, for for doing that. Um, Also want to make sure that you know that Ryan is releasing a course a very thorough course on on church marketing. It's called Church Marketing University. We will be sure to let you know when that marketing resource is ready to go. Uh, The best way to be aware of that is to subscribe to our email list, and we will announce that uh, release when it's ready. Um, So if you're not a subscriber, please do it, and then uh, we can also let you know when other resources are made available. So let's get right into the conversation that we started last week with Ryan. And uh, he's basically going to pick up right where he left off because we, we took that interview and split it up into two parts. So he's going to continue his talk on church marketing and uh, what are the, uh, the most effective ways to help your church grow. So what, what are just some of the most effective ways that you, uh, you, you would recommend just off the sure. top? If you were to say priority wise, here's some things that you really need to do that are effective in marketing your church. Okay. Well, this will be a little bit of a shameless plug because it's, a, it's what I'm help working on in the church marketing university side. But every church, I would say I'm passionate about, needs a marketing system. Because what, what happens is churches want to get, they hear something like this podcast, they get all fired up, and they come up with one or two good outreach ideas, and then it works, but then they just kind of, they don't know where to go from there. And uh, it's a lot like if you were setting out to a uh, to kind of develop a a nice lawn for a home. I mean, most of us guys love to spend time in landscape and lawn and want to have a great lawn. But if if you don't have a system in place as far as your fertilization, your seeding, your aerating, a sprinkler system, it gets frustrating because you're just out there pulling the sprinkler around and you got a dead patch here. And and ultimately, pastors, I think, feel that way. It's just this never-ending game of I don't know what to do. And so you need a system in place in order for this stuff to work for you. I mean, we could give you some ideas, some good ideas, and you can see a bump, but unless you have a system, it, it, it literally will just be a bump, and then you'll kind of settle back down. You won't retain that. So in CMU, I get, gonna, we're launching with 16 different modules that all are different things from email, social media, uh, video, um, you know, working with creatives. I mean, 16 different things that you really need systems that you need to put in place, even to your guest experience. So that's the long answer. It's like you really need to work towards a system and what that looks like for your church. But tactically speaking, you know, there's a lot of uh, little things that you can do 
you know, to, to start that momentum rolling. One of them is what you've already talked about is, is branding. So, and we already talked about, so, you know, that disclaimer of you need to start there because if you just start with a good outreach idea, but you haven't written your compelling story, again, you're not going to see the traction that you would if you hadn't focused on branding. So if you're at the point where you're like, we haven't developed a, a brand, you need to talk with Michael and get you a brand developed because that's going to make everything you do from that point on so much more effective. So the other thing I would say is we... At Summit Park, I already mentioned, we do a follow-up survey for every first-time visitor that we get contact information for. And so that's one of the things we talk about in terms of developing your system so you can track and figure out what in your marketing is actually working. So I pulled the results up here. And one of the things, just as a side note, a uh, lot of surveys make the mistake of just asking what influenced your decision, and they just kind of want one thing. And ultimately, everybody kind of checks you know, friends or, you know, but we ask a series of, we have a list of everything we're doing on our marketing spectrum. And we say, checkbox everything that influenced your decision to come visit Summit Park Church. And we're encouraging them to mark more than one thing because that's how people make decisions anymore. It's not just one thing, but it, you'll notice in the data, it's a series of things. So they got a mailer, they did a Google search, they went to the website, and then a friend invited them at the salon, and they end up here. So normally you'll see in, in the data that there's two, three things, uh, you know, that are affecting their story. It's not just one thing. So uh, the main thing, and I can just give you some of the top things that have been working for us, and maybe there's some aha mo moments in here. But obviously the friend and invitation is always, I think in most churches, that's going to be the top of it. That also, I think, speaks to the compelling brand. Because when you have a compelling story, people want to share that story. And so the more compelling your brand is, the more you're going to see people are inviting their friends. Because it's just the way we work as humans. Website is number two influence that people mark. So that speaks to you better have a good website, better be mobile optimized. Again, one of the whole modules we do is on how you have a, a great website and use that to your advantage. So website's number two. Um, Facebook is right after that for us. So we do a ton of marketing on Facebook. Uh, the stats, the most recent stats are uh, out of every minute spent online, 20% of those, one in five minutes spent online are on Facebook. And, and so it's pretty incredible. You, uh, you'll hear these doomsday is like, you know, millennials aren't on Facebook. And, the, you know, they are using Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Snapchat just uh, exceeded Instagram at the time of this recording as far as what they're saying is the most influential social network. But still the stats would say, you know, one in five minutes are spent on Facebook. So don't neglect that just because you hear some sort of doomsday scenario. And Facebook is being super aggressive about going after YouTube's market share and their messenger is really changing the way. So Facebook has been key for us. Google search would be right after that for us. So search engine optimization, again, another module we do. How, if you're not on the first page of Google, when, when you type out you know, your church in your city, or let me say church, not your church, but church in your city, if you're not on the first page, then you're totally missing a ton of traffic that you could have. And there's a lot more tactics. Uh, on, and I can't, we don't have time to get into that on search engine optimization, uh, you know, and 
it's hard because Google knows who you are. So a lot of times, even if you do that search for a pastor, they may think, hey, we're number one. But for everybody else in your city outside of you, you're not even on the first five pages. You know? So you've got to be careful and you've got to know what you're doing on that. And we can talk more about that if you're interested in it. But if, if you've got to really be on the first page of Google search results when people are searching, I'm looking for a church in Kansas City for my family. You know, and if you're not number one, 91% of people choose a search result that's on the first page. Very few of us will go on to the second page and then ultimately they choose one of the top three results, the vast majority of those people. And if they don't see it on the first page, they don't go to the second page, they just do a new, new search result. That's how much they trust Google. It's like, well, if it didn't come up on the first page, I'm not gonna go forward. So Google search result is huge for us. And then a couple of these might surprise pe people. The next ones is uh, outdoor signage and flags. Uh, we use, utilize a series on Sunday mornings of, you know, because we were a church plant, we started out in the community center, so we would put up these bright red flags. Red is a part of our brand because of the excitement, the adventure, you know, uh, you know, that it connotates, that color connotates. So we would put out these flags around the community center with our branding on it. We'd also put out these A-frame signs around the major intersections around our church because we didn't have a permanent sign. And so you would be surprised how many people ended up coming to our church just because they saw this signage. Like, what's that? And how, how crazy is that? We always would sit in our meetings and be like, so-and-so gave their life to Christ, and they came to our church because of our stupid A-frame sign. You know? So uh, we are in a permanent, uh, more permanent at least facility now, but we still put out those A-frame signs because we've seen you know, how big of an impact it has just on traffic passing by. So uh, surprisingly enough, outdoor signs and flags have been big. Uh, mailers, uh, direct mail has been uh, good for us. Uh, you know, again, we do a whole, whole module on this. We could go a lot in depth into all of these. Uh, and then YouTube follows right after that, followed by, and I'll just give you the list kind of real quick, billboards, invite cards, emails, and then um, we don't, haven't really done much on the radio front or on, um, haven't had a whole lot of success on Twitter in terms of getting new guests. We've tried some Twitter advertisement, haven't had a sweet spot there. Uh, we could talk more about Twitter in, in another area, what it is valuable for, but hopefully that's the long answer to some of these tactics we're seeing work yeah. in our data for, for us here at Summit Park Church. Yeah, I guess just to highlight, uh, I think one of the first things you said was um, you put surveys out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge. Like, the reason you know what you know, in a lot of ways, like what's working, is because you're getting feedback. Yep. Um, so I think that's one of the, the key things, just to kind of reiterate, um, hey, make, make sure you're finding out what's going on, what people are responding to. Yep. So as you're putting money and effort and energy into different things uh, that maybe Ryan's talked about here, you can get the results. You can begin to see what works. I yeah. think that's a huge point. Well, a huge pain point for pastors is they do all this work, they get people there, and then they, the people just disappear. And you never know why. Like, why don't they come back? You know, why aren't they coming back? And I, I remember this hit home for me when I was at a restaurant in was having a terrible experience, like awful experience. And I was like, and you know, that kind of the marketing side of me, you know, like, okay, I'm going to fill out the survey. Where's the survey? I'm looking on the receipt. I'm looking around the table and, and there's no, no survey to be found. And I'm like, why is it that all the places that need the survey don't have the survey? And then the lights went off on me like, oh, 
That's why they need the survey is because they don't have the survey. They're not getting f customer feedback, so they don't know what to improve on. And so churches spend all this time and money and ch begging people, invite your friends, invite your friends, and then you don't know why they don't come back. Well, a survey can help you identify, and we have a very, very simple 10-step survey that asks questions like, you know, the friendliness of the church. How would you rate the kids' check-in? How, how was your worship experience? What would you rate, how would you rate the message? Are you planning on coming back? Would you bring a? Would you recommend Summit Park Church to a friend? How did? What influenced your decision? Which we've already talked about. And then the tenth question is always leads to our next step. So anything we do at Summit Park Church, ultimately we say we want it to lead to our next step. So are you interested in coming to a welcome party where you can find out more about the church? If so, put your name and email. It's an anonymous survey up to that point if they want it, if they want it to be. So that kind of leads to the next step in the process, which has been huge because along the way, we get so much feedback that we can go and improve, you know, our kids' check-in, you know, if there's something wrong. Or, you know, we've had feedback like, um, you know, the Connect Center, nobody was at the Connect Center. So now in our leadership meetings, we're addressing this. Okay, what are we going to do to make sure the lines aren't long at the Connect Center so people can get signed up for a next step? Or, you know, so there's so many things that that has surfaced, that customer feedback. So you start understanding why people might not come back to, to your church and you can fix those things so you, you stop that kind of back door, everybody leaving, and you don't know why. And that's been that has been so huge and so valuable for us. And so, yeah, I'd hi highly recommend that. It doesn't have to be uh, super complex. In fact, simple is better. And the, honestly, the fact that you're asking people shows people that you care. Like we're a church that cares enough about you connecting with God that we want to make sure we remove any roadblocks to your experience in doing so. And that speaks volumes because honestly, even if people have a problem, like that restaurant, if I would have been able to just give my feedback and a manager would have been, you know what, I'm so sorry, we are getting that fixed, then they have a chance to earn my, my business back. But ultimately, if, if they don't care and they don't know, why would I ever go back to that, to that restaurant? You know, there's so many other restaurants that, that I can go to, or as Bill Hybels would say, there's so many other uses of their time that they can go to and go have a great experience at AMC movie theater that's going to give them, you know, everything they want. Not saying that we should, should do that, but saying that that's what we're up against. So it just those surveys can, can give you so much good, good information. Yeah, we, I, I think just to piggyback, we worked with a software company, and they were just, everything was about feedback, like measurable feedback. Yep. like whenever we do something, we want to be able to know what's, what's happening. Yep. So I think in the, in the you know, secular world, uh, in certain industries are really, really good at this stuff. And I think everything, just about everything you've talked about in one way or another has a way to give you some feedback. Yep. It's kind of scary, actually, <laughs> the feedback. In fact, <laughs> there's, there's a pastor. <laughs> we, go, we go to this church, and uh, whenever this one pastor comes and he sees, sees us kind of working away at the computer doing some stuff, uh, he, he always kind of hides his face and kind of walks by just as a joke because he, he, we told him some of the stuff that we can see, uh -huh. you know, on the back end of the website or on analytics or on Facebook. Yep. He's like, that's just creepy. Yep. <laughs> so There is some creepy stuff out there in the marketing world, honestly, once you get into it. And when I started my master's, I, I did a master's in organizational leadership. What blew my mind coming from the church world is the business world is all about uh, management by fact. So it's, yes, there's, there's this aspect of intuition when it comes to leaders, but you have to have the data to make the right decisions, and what you don't track, you can't manage. And that's, 
I mean, that was the whole, you know, organizational leadership in a nutshell. And in the church world, we're terrible at this because we, we lead by intuition, by our gut feeling, by Sally who sat on the second row who's, you know, yelling at us on Monday morning type deal. And so we're not leading by, by data. That is also, I, I believe, you know, the spirit can breathe on that and, and God can use that information to reopen your eyes and see some things. But, you know, that's another huge aspect that the church could learn from this idea of getting feedback, this idea of actually managing by facts. So you're not just spending all this money on radio spots that don't work or yellow page ads that don't work. And I could tell you some, some you know, horror stories of organizations that spend all this money. And then when I come in and start working on the data, be like, you are paying a ton of money and getting absolutely no results out of this. Stop paying this money. And I mean, just a quick example. We had this organization was spending $400 a month um, on these ads. And, you know, this company that they were buying the ads from had their own data built in and they were showing all these click throughs. And so I had the company put in a UTM link and which basically allows us in Google Analytics to actually see where all this traffic that they're saying is awesome. What is it doing on our website? Well, we found out that 99% of this traffic that we're spending $400 to get was spending like two seconds or less on our website. So I'm like, it is totally worthless. Basically what I think was happening is they were buying ads where people are accidentally clicking on them on their smartphone. So it's like, I clicked on that. So it registers a click in their data, but when they pop over like, I didn't want to click on that, take me back to like the CNN news story. So they're just Xing out of that and going back. But you, if you're just making, if you're just a leader looking at their analytics or even what they're telling you, oh, this is awesome. You're getting 10,000 clicks a month you would have no clue that it's all useless traffic. So that's one example that unless you're tracking it, measuring it, your money could be going down the drain and you have no idea why. And when you measure and track it, you can be such a better steward of what God has entrusted to you. And I honestly think that, that you know, verse of when you're given a little and you, and you take responsibility and you, you kind of knock that out of the park and you return that to God and say, here's what we did with that, uh, then I think God will keep giving you, okay, I'll keep giving you more because you're being a faithful steward of what I've, what I've given you. And I, I honestly think we're missing the boat in the church world in terms of tracking, measuring, seeing how, if we are being a faithful steward or not. Yeah, I think one other thing to add to that um, spiritual component thing is that it's, it's okay to plan ahead, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really okay to look at the year and plan for the year. Absolutely. And God can change things, sure, he can, but it's, uh, it's so helpful to your staff and the, to the people that you're leading if you can plan ahead a little bit. If for some reason, I think churches have, uh, they struggle with that, too. I never understood <laughs> the, the mentality because I grew up, you know, in a very charismatic environment, so it's kind of like, when I found out that there was an order of service at, at a church, I was like, what? What do you mean there's an order of service? But if God can lead you in the moment, God can lead you a year in advance, right? So if you're making plans, why can't God give you enough foresight, you know, of what he wants to do in that moment? And so your plans are being led and you're being led in the moment. You're doubly being led, you know. It just I think planning only allows for God to lead you even more. And so I, ne I never really understood that, but I did understand it growing up because I grew up through that and I experienced that. But then as I've worked through that and gotten therapy, <laughs> no, it's, it's come to make a ton of sense now. And so I, I totally agree. Uh, plan way ahead. It, it will be to your advantage. And I'm telling you, God will use it even, even more. That's good. 
So what do you have to say, like a lot of what you've talked about, um, it shifts and changes over time. So, you know, Facebook is coming out with something new all the time, you know. Is there anything that you have to, any tips or tricks to just kind of keep up with the uh, ever-changing world of what's, you know, social media especially? It's difficult, and that's why in, like, Church Marketing University, and we're doing hours of recording, but I, I will talk about tactics, but a lot of times I talk about principles even more because if you understand the principles of marketing the platforms can change like social media we can jump from facebook to snapchat to instagram to twitter but if you understand the principles then you will under you will understand how to make that leap without without skipping a step and you, like you said in the beginning bringing people alongside that can listen to the podcast and that's honestly what we recommend is like get an intern that can go through the whole university and you go through parts because we, they can equip to learn how all the tactically to do your Facebook campaigns. But I will, you have to understand the big principles. So the power of a brand, the importance that relationship is king. So when you're marketing, it's not about transaction. It's about relationship and keeping that. This isn't about you get me convincing you or persuading you or manipulating you to do something. It's about you and I building a relationship. And so there's so many principles, uh, you know, that once you understand that and your mindset shifts, then the platforms can all come and go and you're going to be fine because you understand kind of almost understanding human nature, behavior, decision making process, what drives that, what's important to that, what do you need to know, and then tactically will always be changing. So you just have to be okay with that, but understand change your mindset, understand the principles, and then surround yourself with people that you can say, hey, take this resource, you go through it, and you help our church move tactically down, down the road. Very good. So maybe we can just kind of uh, put it all together in, into like one, uh, maybe one or two uh, churches that maybe you've worked with or just that you know of that have done this effectively. And what have they done? What does that look like? Sure. Well, I think we could all look around the country and see kind of the, the shiny objects, you know, even around the world now and say, okay, that church is awesome. That church is awesome. And I do think there's value to that because, you know, a lot of times they're at a level that they have staff that are doing this full time. So like a new spring church uh, that, you know, their social media team seems to be killing it. So I will follow those teams because they're being paid full time to do that. And I want to see the ideas that they're doing to flesh out so I can, you know, follow their lead on some of their ideas. Their blogging strategy is really heads up, which I really like. So, uh, you know, you again, we, we could make a list of the churches we probably all kind of admire from a distance. You know, I, I wouldn't say, you know, you don't want to copy their, their story because your story is unique, but you can learn because they're putting a lot of time and attention in these things and what they're doing. But you also, again, when you understand the principles, you can see what's at work tactically and apply it to your brand story and using the principles that are working in your location. So uh, New Spring Church with Pastor Perry Noble, uh, Red Rocks Church out in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I love those guys. They're great as far as their brand is super strong. Their story and how that fleshes out tactically is so compelling. I mean, they meet or, you know, they for the first decade of their church existence, they made what they called a creepy theme park. And that was a part of their brand in how they leveraged that what seemingly was a weakness into a strength and how that uh, bled throughout their entire brand is so compelling that it's just it's you know caught fire with millennials and there's a lot more to that but that's just one example so they're a cool church to look at so again we could point to all those but i think 
the churches that really I love to see are the ones out in the middle of nowhere that you know aren't the shiny objects that are still killing it so like even Pastor Brad Wicks at Marysville Christian Fellowship in Kansas kind of middle of nowhere Kansas the last three to four years has has gone from 150 to 350 people on a Sunday uh, is not you know doing it because you know he's the next greatest mega church but is doing it because he's uh, he's a heads-up leader he's doing it through direct mail to his community through Facebook ads to his community he's worked out a killer deal with the uh, local you know movie uh, uh, place in in um, Marysville where he's the promo on the screen before the movies in this little four little screen theater that everybody in the county comes to and he's got a cool promo piece so he understands marketing he's spent a lot of time and attention on his brand and making that compelling on his website especially for a for kind of a, a middle of nowhere Kansas church and so he understands these principles and he's seeing it work in fact I was just there a couple weeks ago in their middle of a of a million dollar plus expansion to fit all these people that are coming and they have this goal of reaching their county of 4,000 people. So I love to see these principles that are at work in these small churches. Another uh, church, Pastor Troy Hartman in Manhattan, Rock Hills Church that just launched. They're less than a year old. And I want to say they had like uh, four to 500 people on their first Easter come visit, multiple services. But he's doing it through those same principles, you know, direct mail, social media, compelling brand, investing in a good website, uh, you know, apparel so I, I could go on and on and on and for me it's probably not one church that I'd say hey they're the exact church I mean there's other great churches out there Itown Church is another cool one that I, I you know I kind of creeper stalker at from afar but I have this uh, probably 20 to 30 that I kind of follow and stalk and check in on and when I'm crafting a strategy I might go look and see what they're doing on their website and kind of compile all that fit it into our brand and kind of come up with a, with a tactic uh, that I would like. I, I might also say, I just don't follow churches. I love to watch businesses, great nonprofits. Nonprofits are a great example because they, they normally have a lot of the same limitations that churches have. And so you can see how they're using their limitations to their advantage, like a charity water, uh, for example, and see how they're compelling people to action. So I, I stock a lot of businesses out there, a lot of nonprofits, um, and, and learn a ton, you know, as, as much as I can. So that's probably what I would, would say to that, that question. I love it. That's great. I think you, uh, you hit it all. Uh, so there's small churches that can do this very effectively. Absolutely. There's large churches with, with lots of resources that can do this effectively. And I think, I think um, it's really helpful for a church leader to be able to see other organizations. Yep. So it's nice to be able to, like, point out a few things where you can, you know, maybe they can start being creeps. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. In a way, just to follow and see what this begins to look like as other organizations are, are implementing it. And then maybe you have some overlap in audiences as well, and you can begin to get some of that messaging down too. I think messaging is kind of a, uh, a hard area to nail down uh, initially. Yep. So if you, if you just follow some uh, or other organizations that might have good messaging, then you can kind of learn off of that. Absolutely. Copy, copy writing copy is a big thing. Yeah. There's a whole science to in the marketing world on how to write uh, copy that actually drives people to action that people love. You know, just recorded a whole module on email yesterday and like how you write emails that people want to open, that love to open. Uh, and I, again, I think churches 
it will change the game for churches once they understand that. But you're absolutely right. If you go and you start looking at other organizations that are writing great emails, that have great copy on their website, and you literally go to school on what they're doing, uh, you, can, you can totally transform kind of your, your brand and how you're sharing that story because copy is a big part on how people are actually uh, reading and interacting with your story. All right. Well, thank you again, Ryan Wakefield, for sharing with us all that information. Uh, we basically took two podcast episodes, part one and part two, to have Ryan just share on marketing. And uh, he touched on branding. In fact, part one, uh, Ryan shared a lot uh, with us, um, starting with the idea of branding and then moving on from there into marketing. So just to kind of rehash some of that conversation, even from last week, from part one, uh, Ryan gave us three definitions of marketing when it, con- when it comes to churches. And the first definition was this, communicating who you are to the people where they are. So a uh, wonderful definition. The second definition for, uh, for marketing is introducing your city to your church. And one of the things Ryan uh, pointed out with that definition is um, to stop thinking like pastors and, stop, and start thinking like missionaries. So as it concerns your city, start thinking like a missionary. The third definition that Ryan shared with us was sharing your story in such a compelling way that it makes people want to be a part of it. So that was a, um, a definition that he unpacked. And he said the goal is to have people join their story with your story. So uh, one of the biggest things that you can do as a church is to get your brand in place. And you have to do that first. So your brand is basically the story you want to tell to your community. That's how Ryan broke it down. What's the story that people need to know about your church that's going to be compelling and inviting to them so they, they want to be a part of it? So once you have that figured out, that's the, uh, the thing you have to wrestle with first before you start marketing is just get this branding in place, figure out who you are, what the vision is. And then uh, once you have a, uh, a good thing in place, when you, once you, you, you tighten things up and you know what your message is and your vision is uh, to where you can present that clearly, that's when you want to step into marketing. And uh, basically, Ryan breaks down marketing. He gave some practical examples of what marketing starts to look like. But he was basically saying marketing is this, effective, effectively connecting with the audience in a way which relates to them. I thought that was a great definition of marketing as well. Um, He just kind of threw that in towards the end. It's just being able to connect with your audience. And um, that's that's attractive. And that's what really marketing is meant to do is to to help your church to be attractive to a group of people that you are really, really good at reaching. So uh, we got into part two here this week. And part two, Ryan really got into a very practical um, mode and basically gave us uh, several ways that uh, churches can market in effectively. So you broke those down into a, a brief list that he uh, unpacked uh, just a little bit. But he, he basically started off saying that the most effective thing that a church can do is to get their own people to invite others. So uh, I think we've known that for a while, and Ryan's, Ryan said that's still the best way to do it. If you can, if you can compel your people to invite other people, their friends, neighbors, and family, then that's going to be the most effective marketing tool that you have. The second most effective thing is a website. So the website is the front door of the church. So you have to make sure you have a great website uh, that does a great job for your church. And then the third thing that uh, Ryan talked about as being most effective in marketing your church is Facebook. 
Um, Facebook is a powerful tool, just about everybody's on it. And you can even get Facebook paid ads to reach certain demographics. It's a powerful tool that every church should try. And then um, Ryan goes through a list of other things from Google Analytics, Outdoor Signs, Mailers, YouTube. And uh, he just kept on giving some more practical examples in that episode. Uh, one of the other things we touched on quite a bit was surveys. So surveys are a very powerful tool that churches need to use so they know what's effective, what's reaching people. And Ryan gave some great questions that should be on your survey as a church. Um, a few of those real quick. Um, one of them is, how is the friendliness of our church? Uh, another question, would you recommend this church to a friend? Another question, would you come back to this church? And another question, are you interested in attending a membership class? Ryan talked about at the end of your survey, if you have some sort of call to action where they can take another step, then that is a great way to end your survey. But the survey basically gives information, provides feedback so that as a church, you've got information to make adjustments. Uh, you can see what's working, what's not working. You can start to put more money and effort into things that are working and less into the things that are not working. One of the great uh, great things we can do as a church is to get data, to collect information. Um, we can use analytics, we can use Facebook, um, uh, their tools that they provide. But the big idea is to get information. So instead of just trying things and hoping for the best, what you can begin to do as a church and when you market is to collect information and see what's really working, what's effective. It's one of the things we can learn from the business world. That's what they do quite a bit. And as a church, we can do that as well. It's not all about intuition or a feeling, but it can, it can really be data-driven, and God uses that in a mighty way as well. So Ryan touched on that quite a bit. It was a great conversation. Um, he also talked about have, needing to have a system in place. So you need to have a marketing system in place. You need to be strategic about marketing. Um, a lot of times churches are just like uh, trying things just because it's about time to try something or to put something out there in the community. But what Ryan was getting at is have a plan. Start start to plan your year ahead of time and uh, be strategic about when you drop certain things to uh, hit hit the uh, the web or, or a mailer or anything that's reaching beyond the walls of your church. And you need to have a system in place that, that you can follow through with and get that data, that information, so you can make adjustments. Ryan is getting ready to release a course, a very thorough marketing course designed just for churches. It's called Church Marketing University. It's going to be hours and hours of great information on uh, marketing principles and also marketing techniques. Uh, he's going to unpack Facebook, unpack mailers, uh, emails, um, all the different ways that we can market as churches uh, in the most effective way, ways with uh, the great greatest uh, uh, response. And he just unpacks it in this course. And it's going to be released in the, in the spring of 2016. So be, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, you can visit our blog website at howtobrandmychurch.com. And we'll be sure to let you know when that course is ready so that you can uh, get on there and, and check it out. So um, one of the things I like to do is provide a resource from a different perspective. So as part of our podcast, um, I want to provide some, some, uh, a different angle towards marketing or towards thinking about church, church in general. And the resource I want to bring today is, is a book called Made to Stick. 
It's by Dan and Chip Heath. In this book, uh, Dan and Chip, through lots of research, unpack why certain message, messages are sticky and why certain messages, messages are not. They, um, they really do a thorough job at explaining why uh, people remember things and what you can do as a communicator to help people remember things. In church, uh, we, we speak, we communicate. That's the main thing that we do is we try to communicate a big idea about a loving God in a way that is appealing and that is uh, sticky to those who are listening. So it's a wonderful book where they unpack what what uh, people respond to, and uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. I remember they talked a lot about, um, at least in one section of the book, they talked about fables and how fables were super sticky messages that lives on for thousands and thousands of years. Um, Aesop's fables, the tortoise and the hare, the, the boy who cried wolf. They, there's certain aspects of those stories that are just uh, very sticky and they stay with us for a long time. Um, the, the number three is a very powerful tool for communicating. So people like three. Uh, more than three is really hard for people to remember. Uh, less than three is good, but three is just a great sweet spot for people. They like, they like uh, the number three. So uh, again, going back to stories, um, there's Goldilocks and the three bears. There's the three little pigs. So it, it just in our story structures in general, we use the number three and we, we remember the number three um, in, our, in our culture. One of the big things that they unpack as well is this idea of the curse of knowledge. So they talk about when you know something extremely well, it's hard for you to teach it in a way where somebody new to the information can understand it. It's called the curse of knowledge. That's what they call it in the book. And uh, we, I've seen this a lot in church culture. We, we use church lingo. We, um, we talk about things that are just advanced, and we forget that there's some people sitting there in those seats that just are new to this, just new, new to this relationship with God. And we have to be careful as we're communicating, uh, especially at ch as church uh, communicators, that we aren't uh, too familiar. We aren't using language or ideas or concepts that are too uh, above and beyond the people that we're really trying to reach that, that don't know God. And uh, it's a it's a, a great um, idea that they they get into in the book. I think will really really help you out as communicators and as marketers. Uh, so a lot of these tactics are used in the marketing world. Um, they're not really tactics; they're more principles that they talk about in this book. And I think it'll help you as a church um, in a, a huge way uh, as you market yourself, as you think about how to do that effectively and put together messaging. Um, for marketing, it'll help quite a bit. It'll also help uh, in communicating and how you communicate, whether it's to the adults, the kids, the youth, um, on on social media, uh, anything like that. It'll just help your communication be a lot better by raising the awareness of, of some of these uh, these principles that they talk about. So uh, one other thing to tell you about is that Ryan has provided a quiz. So it's a free quiz for your marketing, your church marketing, to, so you could test yourself on how well you are, you are marketing your church. It's a simple 20-question quiz that you can take at the end of it. There's a score, and then it helps you just kind of know where you're at. If you're good, if you need to work on some things, and it's just a great free resource that Ryan has put together for us, you can go to the blog at howtobrandmychurch.com to get that. It's going to be on episode 12. Also on ele episode 11, we'll have that there as well. 
So we want to provide a lot of great resources on this blog um, that churches can use, and uh, as many as much of as, as a, of it as possible. We're going to put put out there just so you can grab it, use it, and um, get better at marketing and communicating and branding yourself as a church, so you can reach more people. That's the whole goal of this uh, this blog and this podcast is to uh, help churches reach more people with the message that God has given you. So thanks again for joining me on the podcast. I um, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate uh, your ranking the podcast on iTunes. We've gotten some great replies, a lot of five stars, which is awesome. So I want to encourage you to do that if you haven't had a chance. Even if it's not five stars, we'd love to know what you think and uh, leave a comment there as well. We read those. We appreciate those. And uh, I want to encourage you go to, to do that if you haven't done it. Thanks again. I'll, uh, I'll see you next time.